G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Folks, the evil one knows exactly what it will take to bring you down. Hi and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue in our Lord's Prayer series with Deliver Us From Evil. Pastor Jeff brings us a challenge about underestimating the power of the one who is against us, tempting us. Jesus believed there were two forces in operation. One wants to give you life and the other wants to take life from you. And the one who wants to take life from you uses as his primary weapon, temptation. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Okay, how many of you know what this is? (laughs) The bug zapper, that's right. This is the uh, advanced bug zapper. It's the stinger. It's the big one. It will zap you uh, with 100 volts of electricity, actually, if you get close enough to it, if you're a bug. Now, these things have intrigued me for some time now. Um, Two guys invented this all the way back in 1933. Did you know that? These are the advanced ones, but... Two guys were just real ticked off at June bugs. Do you have them up here? All right. Big, big bugs. And they would just kind of ruin any kind of activity you wanted to have in the evening. They're just huge. So evidently, here's how the story goes. All the way back in 1932, 33, these two guys got together and started studying bugs to try to find out how they could trap them and lure them and zap them. I mean, that's pretty painful. hundred volts of electricity for a little bug. I mean, you wouldn't last long. And, uh, It's intriguing because these guys stayed up late at night trying to figure out, actually studying bugs. What will tempt a bug to the point that the bug will not be able to control himself or herself and fly into this huge trap or lure? Now, I don't know how they came up with the answer. I've not gone that far in research yet, but evidently it's the color of the light. It's a big blue, purple, however you see it, I guess. A big light they find irresistible. As a matter of fact, in the earlier ones, uh, there was this tray that all the bugs would be collected, all the dead carnage right down there in the tray. So it just piled up. Now I find this interesting because uh, I got my first uh, introduction to the bug zapper in the late eighties. And I had uh, returned from Zimbabwe and I was having a meal with a preacher down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And we were having hamburgers and hot dogs uh, late one summer evening. And I kept hearing this, you know, the sound it makes, right? You know, just zap. And I kept hearing the sound that I found more irritating actually than the June bucks. But nevertheless, just zap after zap after zap. And finally, I said to my friend, what on earth is that? What is that zap? And he says, and he explained to me the bug zapper. Now, I can't help it. I'm just wired this way. I found that interesting because I thought, you know, you would think, uh, just humor me here just a moment. You would think that somewhere along the line that a bug 
would get close and see all the dead carnage in the tray and go back to the little bug village and would say to all the little bugs, don't do it. I know it's a beautiful light, but don't do it. If you get too close, it'll zap you. All our friends, now maybe he's the one that went to look for them. And he said, I found them and they're not coming back. They're dead. And so why doesn't a bug doesn't seem to, to do this? He doesn't go and warn all of his friends or the little bugs in the bug village. I started thinking about that. And I wondered if a bug, you know, would kind of come up and say, you know, I know it's dangerous. I know I'm being lured, but it's so beautiful. I can control it. I'm in total control. I can get close to this. No worries. No problem. I'm just going to have a look. Zap. They're dead. And I started thinking that that must be the way it happens, right? Maybe they do know, but maybe it's such a powerful temptation that they just are not strong as they think they are. They underestimate the enemy. And before you know it, uh, they're dead. I thought about that. Isn't it good to know that people are much smarter than bugs? Isn't that great? We live in a world, we don't have to worry about that because we would never do anything like that. That's why our world is so good is because we would never be drawn to something and just go toward it without stopping, pausing, thinking that maybe this isn't what it appears to be. And that's just so comforting to know. Until you look around the world and you realize our whole world's one big bug zapper. And that's why a boss gets too close to a secretary, zap, a marriage is destroyed. An athlete starts messing around with performance-enhancing drugs, then he tries a few other drugs, zap, his career is destroyed. Or a little 13, 14-year-old boy who has a computer in his room because his parents aren't very smart. They're they're kind of thick. And they severely underestimate the power of pornography that a young 13 and 14-year-old has access to on a computer in his room where he can close the door and lock it because dad forgot what it was like when he was that age. And so this young man and looking for some kind of intimacy of some kind, gets addicted to pornography, then it becomes so strong and powerful, it's all he thinks about, his life is out of control, it's ruining any kind of potential he has for future relationships. He's addicted, his passions are out of control, he's about to end up in the Deadpool. Hey, do you remember Daryl Strawberry? Did he not play for the Dodgers at one point? I saw him before you did. He played in the rookie league for the Kingsport Mets, which is just adjacent to my hometown. I saw him when he was young. All my friends went over and watched this guy play. We thought, man, this is surely the greatest player we've ever seen. He can hit, he can throw, he can catch, he can run, he can do it all. And then one day, Daryl Strawberry saw this big blue light. I can mess with it. I can toy with it. I can control it. I'm in control here. And it destroyed his career. Happens all the time. Athletes get close to drugs destroy their careers. Presidents spend too much time with interns. (laughs) Senior pastors get caught with prostitutes. Young Christians get addicted to pornography. And as I look around the world and the bug zapper, I'm thinking, how does it happen that even Christians who down deep inside absolutely detest and deplore some of these actions end up committing them? Now that's what the unbelieving world wants to know. That's what they want to know from us. How is it that you that stand up and talk about how detestable and deplorable these acts are end up committing them yourself? I mean, you have to think about that just for a moment. And that's why I believe Jesus says what he does as we wrap up this series, when heaven touches the earth, he says, lead us when you pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Folks, 
Jesus believed there were two forces in operation. One wants to give you life and the other wants to take life from you. And the one who wants to take life from you uses as his primary weapon temptation to lure you to something that appears to be wonderful and beautiful. And in the end, it leads to death and destruction. So the question is why? Why do we keep going too close to the blue light and getting zapped? And I'll tell you why, because we severely underestimate the power of the one who opposes us. When you look through scripture, here's what you find. Here's what you discover about the battle of temptation. And I don't care who you are, a pastor, a teacher, a moralist, you are susceptible. You are not immune. And the Bible tells you that when it comes to the battle of temptation, number one, the opposition is well organized. Paul says in Ephesians chapter six, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and the message is Deliver Us From Evil as part of our Lord's Prayer series. The evil one is committed to tempting us relentlessly. Let's continue. Here's Pastor Jeff. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armour of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So Robin and I have this cat. She named him Eddie after Eddie Murphy. She loved Eddie. So we're living in Africa, we have this cat, this cat, and you know how I think about cats, but I won't go there. But this cat thought it his duty to bring me his kill. So every day, not only is the cat coming into my house, which I don't like, now he's bringing birds with him and they're dead. And he kind of lays the bird at my feet and looks up at me as if I'm supposed to pat his little head and say, job well done. Now, the thing about this cat, he did impress me. This cat was the best bird catcher I've ever seen. And so one day I decided to follow him. How's he doing this? So I followed him and I watched him hide behind the washing machine. Just about the time Robin finished feeding our dogs, two full-blooded boxers and one dog, I don't know what he was, never found out. Anyway, after the dogs ate, inevitably they would leave some food behind. The birds would come in at that moment and tip over, standing on the, the dog dish and get food into their mouths. But it was heavy food what we fed them in Zimbabwe. And so Sooner or later, they would have to try to take the food out of the dish, drop it on the ground, and slice it up into smaller pieces so that they could eat it. Eddie was smart, the cat. He just stood there. He didn't make a move. He let them feel safe and secure. I guess you could say he had a method. He had a plan, a strategic plan to let them get happy, let them eat, let them think there's nothing to be concerned about. And at that moment, I watched Eddie, clever cat, at that moment, When the bird took the food and put it on the ground and had to slice it into little pieces and the bird would turn his back on Eddie, Eddie would pounce and get the bird every time. Every day, a bird died. Every day, a bird died in our house. Now, here's the thing. This Greek word translated schemes of the devil is the word in Greek methodia, from which we get our English word method. It actually means in the Greek to cunningly stalk and unexpectedly pounce on one's prey. All I'm saying is that the Bible tells us when it comes to the battle of temptation, that the opposition is well organized. In fact, it goes way beyond that. In Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, Paul says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For the longest time in my life, trying to understand the spiritual battle, I automatically assumed that this was just a nice little verse written for us to read and try to glean something from it. Then I started noticing the structure. Paul gives us the different offices of an army. 
He starts with the rulers, the harkas, the principalities. These are the highest demons. These are like demon generals who determine the strategy for battle. And then he makes his way down the hierarchy to authorities. This is the Greek word exousios, from which we get our word to execute or executive. These are the lower demons, the colonels, the majors, the captains who execute the orders of the generals. Then he moves on to the world rulers. These are the cosmocrators. These are men and women... Prime ministers and presidents who are not protected by the Spirit of God. That's why Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. If you're not for me, you're susceptible to the attacks and the use of the evil one. These are world rulers who are used by the demon generals and captains to execute their orders in the world. And then he says the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The pneumatica, the spiritual host that is pertaining to the heavens. Where these are the warriors over and above who are deployed for impact. You think about this. The devil is so organized. The evil one is so organized that he has generals. He has captains. They use the world rulers to execute their plans. And there are spiritual host of warriors that come down on the earth to exact the plans of the evil one. What is true corporately must also be true individually. That's why when I was in Cincinnati, we went over to Hebrew Union Seminary. And wherever I go and there's a Holocaust museum, I always attend. Now, it's not because I like to see the blood and carnage. It's because I like to be reminded of the reason I do what I do, what humanity is capable of doing and the atrocities they are capable of committing. And there are many, many times that I've stood on the balcony of my home and I've said to myself, I can't believe the evil in the world. And the Holy Spirit says to me, well, how about starting with the evil in your own heart? And you go to these museums and you see these little children lined up, ready to go into the gas ovens. They think they're going to get a shower and they're gassed to death. Just lines and lines of little children. And you see the bodies stacked, uh, stacked up in these uh, cars on trains and in these holes and these, these uh, dugout uh, fortresses so that no one else could find these dead bodies. And you, you see in the Holocaust Museum this hair and the skin from people because of the evil experimentation that happened in the Third Reich and in the concentration camps. And inevitably, when I go to these places, there are always somebody, there's always somebody that will say, I can't believe that humanity would do this to one another. But Jesus gives us the answer. He tells us that the evil one is powerful, that he's well organized, that he has the ability to trap and to lure those who are not protected, even sometimes those who are by the Spirit of God. And he uses them to destroy communities, marriages, families, children, everybody. And my point is, until we understand that the enemy is real and that temptation is real and that the evil is real and that the enemy is well-structured and well-organized, we'll continue to struggle in the snare rather than to shun debate. All I want to tell you when it comes to temptation, number one, the enemy's well-organized. That's all. Number two, the opposition is well-informed. Now, this is a bit scary, but according to the Bible... The evil one knows exactly what it will take to bring you down. Not generally speaking, individualistically speaking, he knows exactly where your weakness is. Let me tell you how James puts it. James chapter one, verse 13. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. What's he talking about? Well, he uses two terms, a hunting term and a fishing term. The hunting term is exalco. It's the word translated carried away. It means to trap wild game. But enticed is a fishing term. It is the word deliazo. 
That means to lure by bait. Now follow me. How can I illustrate this? Well, <clears throat> when I uh, lived up in Cincinnati, going to grad school, my father would come and visit us from time to time. Now, let me explain something about my father. One day you'll meet him. By the way, my father is about 5'7 and about 95 pounds. <clears throat> my dad, though, <clears throat> what golf is to Jeff, fishing is to my dad. I don't go anywhere without my golf clubs because you never know when you're going to come to a golf course and there's fun to be had by all. <laughs> But my father goes nowhere without his fishing gear. I mean nowhere. Because you never know when there's the big fish that needs to be caught. Well, he's coming up to Cincinnati to visit us and to see his grandchild, Delaney, for the very first time. But as he's coming to the Brandy Chase Apartments, he notices that out front of the Brandy Chase Apartments is this huge pond with a sign that says, he who catches old Sam will receive a great reward. Old Sam was an old, uh, a big old ugly uh, uh, catfish that was wreaking havoc. One of the country boys had caught this huge thing and put him in the pond to wreak havoc on the pond. And it was working, and the officers were frustrated that they, no one seemed to be able to catch old Sam. My dad pulled up, and he saw this sign. That's all it took. He goes into the office. He calls me and says, Jeff, I'll be there. I'm running a little late. Got something I've got to take care of. Where are you, Dad? Uh, I'm out at the pond. What are you doing? Just come out, I'll tell you. So my dad has his car parked. He's from Tennessee now. He's a hillbilly. My dad's a hillbilly. He, he parks his car, and I love my dad. Taught me a lot. Parks his car in the grass right there of these exquisite apartments, puts open the trunk, starts dilly-dallying in his fishing gear. So I come out and say, Dad, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to catch old Sam. I said, well, let me get permission. So I run up to the office, and I say, hey, my dad's here. And, of course, it's a Saturday morning. They're all intrigued. They all come running out on the balcony. They say, sure, go ahead. If he can catch old Sam, great. My dad looks at me and says, what do these northerners know about catching fish anyway? And I told dad the story. And of course, he was so excited. His eyes were big. He's kind of doctoring up his fishing line and his hook. And I know nothing about fishing, so pardon me. But he does, he gets his, all of his lures organized, goes over on the bank. And everybody in, every, in the office and some of the people having a drink there at the Brandy Chase offices, they're all looking at my little dad. And I'm not sure if I'm proud or embarrassed. I'm going to find out momentarily. And so he's over on the bank. He throws the pole in. I want to tell you, it couldn't have been more than 60 seconds he pulled old Sam out of that pond and lifted him up and showed him to all the people. And then when a hillbilly smile, took him off the hook and threw him back in. That's my dad. Here's the scary part about that though. The part is, that dad caught old Sam because dad is an experienced fisherman and knew exactly what it would take to catch an old catfish like that. He had done it a hundred times before. By the way, he did catch him later and pull him out because he knew that this temptation and lure was just unbelievable to old Sam and old Sam would fall for it every time. Now here's the problem. The Bible says in James that we are enticed and trapped by our own desires. They're personal. Satan knows exactly what your desire is. He knows the trap or the lure that will be set for you, that will offer you the greatest amount of temptation. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and his message, Deliver Us from Evil, will continue next time. Join us again to hear more about why we must be on our guard against constant temptation. We are well equipped to defeat it. When it comes to temptation, we are well equipped to defeat it. The reason Jesus says, when you pray, pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Why does he say we need to pray that? I will give praise to the one who 
Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 